0: Welcome. You are listening to a sermon priest at Church at the Armory. If you like what you hear, share it. God bless you. Uh, praise the Lord. Um, if you have not began the, uh, participating in the fasting and the praying and the reading of the Psalms together, I'm asking you to do that. This is, uh, this is for reals. Amen. This is for real. So participate. Read those Psalms, um, and let's participate together in this fasting and, and praying. Um, Andrew is going to preach this morning. We have we set this up earlier, and Andrew's going to bring the word. Uh, I love this young man. I love his heart for God. I love his passion for Jesus. He is our student pastor. He pastors our teenagers, and but more than that, he he is a pastor to this church who knows how to. To, to shepherd the flock and love on people. And so I want you to just put your hands together and welcome Andrew to the pulpit this morning. Well, good morning. <laughs> um, I, uh, I feel like it'd be uh, a complete uh, failure to... To just jump straight into like a sermon, <laughs> um, I know you—you've all kind of uh, been aware of me in some manner, or maybe not. But I feel like the first—the <laughs> first anointing that was ever given to me was in intercession. The first thing I feel like, even as a small child, that that like God marked me with was that. He just, he just, he just. I'm, I don't know why I keep stuttering on it so much this morning, but the first thing God marked me with was that He cares so deeply about the people around me, and 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 that when I, whenever I agree with Him, and whenever we call on Him, whenever we do that, something changes. I feel like there is a there is a real battle that that is that is being. Uh, Mirrored by what's going on with, with Talon and Hannah and Cohen, and um, I think that I think that there is a. There's probably a process that many of us have in this room, where there's a warfare type situation going on. Um, and so I, I encourage you, from from the place of saying that I feel. Called an intercession and 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 just kind of standing on that ground. I encourage you right now. Um, intercession and prayer is not. It is not a feeling. It is not a. It is not a muster of emotions that you just look at a picture enough and it makes you feel something and and then something happens. Intercession and prayer is much, much more tied to the fact that. What God says goes. It's much deeper than my feelings. And so I want to encourage you from the place of someone who cares deeply about this situation, but also I care deeply about many of you and your hearts in this room. If you felt something stir inside of you, if you felt something stir inside of you while we prayed for Cohen this morning, don't relegate it to emotion. Don't relegate it to a feeling. Don't relegate it to an idea. There is, there is, when you put a demand on the power of the Holy Spirit, something wakes up inside of you, okay? So for some of us, it's like coming up for oxygen this morning, like something just happened that you hadn't done in a while. You put a demand on the Spirit and, and the life that God has put inside of you. I want to encourage you that that is not a once a year, once an emergency type thing, And so I, I encourage you that whatever that was, if something woke up inside of you this morning, steward it. Steward it over the idea of, of, of yes, we are standing on the word. We are tying ourselves to the word of God over Baby Cohen. But there's intercession that must go forth for your families. There's intercession that must go forth for, for your workplace. There's for just every every God is God is. Intimately aware of you, yes. and he has a word for you. Right. This morning, I, um, I, I was, I was, I had the presentation of like last, last Sunday morning. I was like, I had this move on my heart. Like, I think I'm going to preach soon. Like, God wants me to preach soon. And then, then it came up that Chester was like, Hey, Andrew, uh, next week, go. Um, and I'm very grateful for that. Um, but this weekend, with the news. It was like, How do I step out of the mindset of all right, this is a very real situation that that people I love and care about are going through, and then say like Now God wants to bless you and make you just happy you know like I was like i, I don't <laughs> i can't I can't just like transition to that, but I also know I'm a very goofy person, so um I am going to try and preach a message that is absolutely given to me by the Holy Spirit, Um, some of it was before this battle, and some of it is during this battle. So um, I want to encourage you um, that with with this transition, I really believe that Church at the Armory is going through into praise, prayer, and worship. Like a, a kind of like a redigging of the well, I don't know what you want to call it. There's something that is that absolutely is a transition for this body, where it's almost like a first love type moment in praise, prayer, and worship, and um, that is so deeply tied into the kind of going through Psalms. So I, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to piggyback off of off of just you know going into this uh, season. And, and I'm gonna do a few uh, selections of, of verses out of Psalms um, but I want to I want to tell you this presence is what God wants presence is what God wants we sing many many songs we go through we go through our our, our day-to-day life, and there's these moments where you wake up, and your screen wakes you up with an alarm, or your kids wake you up, or there's a situation that wakes you up, or, and, and you're on with your day. And somewhere along the way, as a believer, we, we feel like this urge of, oh, I need the presence of God, some, of, some are very disciplined. I mean, it's wake up, boom, into prayer, into the word, into a time of worship, into a time of this, and then before they even had their coffee. I don't understand those people, but some of you are like that. For me, it's, it's, it's very up and down. I, I'm not going to lie. Waking up and just going, boom, open the Bible. There's times where that discipline uh, is strong, and there's times where it's like, I wake up five minutes before I'm supposed to be at work. And so that's kind of how that goes. So, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hard line for me to, to go down saying, like, I'm not, preaching, uh, I'm not preaching from a place of I'm above you looking down. I'm preaching from a place of this is something the Lord is saying and I'm responding to it now as well like i have felt the the moving in, in prayer and fasting and 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 i felt that calling and the the struggle has been is i want god's presence in my life that's been that's been the desire i want i want a actual legitimate walk in my life where i experience god's presence does anyone else have that, have that in their heart. Like, that's a thing you want. Uh, now, calling it a struggle is probably not the right word, right? But it's, it's the journey of my life, is that I want to walk in God's presence. And the, the thing that makes it wild is that I feel like I have to come into his presence and kind of, like, grab him. You know, somehow. Like, maybe, maybe, maybe it's not just grab him, but maybe it's put off. You know, like, oh, well, I've been bad this week, or I didn't do this right, or there's there's this whole mindset of of how I have to approach God. I've got to repent of this, and I've got to do this, and I've got to come at him like this, and, you know, that's not really how he tells us to approach him. If you look at Jesus teaching uh, us how to pray, he says, when you pray, pray in this way, our Father. He says, forget all the mess that you put in front of my name in front of coming close to me forget all of that and come to me as your father i can say as a father i want my son to come to me right. yeah. it's it's it is it is a it is a very real thing where i say i i i legitimately want to walk with my son so we're going to we're going to look at that through the life of David. We're going to look at that through the life of David because other than Jesus, David is the most documented life in Scripture. I mean, the story, first and second Samuel, you have kings, you have, you have all of the Psalms where you're getting these snapshots, and you get the historical context earlier, but in Psalms, we get kind of like this point of view of his life. And um, I want to start with uh, Psalm 16. Uh, I have set the Lord continually before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Let's stop right there. We have probably if you've been in any exposure to Sunday school or church culture or anything, you probably have like an image that comes to mind for David. You know, there's like, like we've been, we've watched the cartoons of David. We've seen as, as being a preacher's kid. Like I, I, I probably know David's life more than I know any American history character. You know, it's like, it's like, you know, like all the little details of his life and you have an image that comes to mind. And, um, Mine is him in a field with, like, a lyre or a harp, like just, just kind of, like, holding it like this, sitting on a rock, and he's surrounded by sheep. You know, he's just singing his song for Jesus. Um, it's, you know, we have an image that comes to mind, and uh, some, it's, some it's him with the stones, slinging it, hitting Goliath in the head. Um, <laughs> there, there's probably somebody who thinks somebody, not me, but you know, the first thing you think of is him, you know, dancing before the ark and he's he's being rather undignified. Um, and so, I mean, there, there's probably more than that that comes to mind. But the question is, is what does God think or what did God think about David in his life? What did God think about him whenever he said to, he said Through Samuel, the prophet to Saul, I have the verse written down. Through Samuel, in 1 Samuel 13, 13, and 14, it says, You have done a foolish thing, Samuel said. You have not kept the command of the Lord your God gave you. If you had, he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. But now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. And appointed him ruler of his people, because you have not kept the Lord's commands. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks the heart. Thing like this message—it's been on my mind and on my heart before we were going to be praying about hearts this morning. So, um, it's I mean, the Lord looking at the heart. I mean, I, I know, I know that there's, there's. The Lord knew what was going to happen this morning. The Lord knew, Um, and and I I'm very I'm very touched by the fact that God chose to anoint David. There there is Saul was appointed by his peers. Saul looked like a leader. Saul looked tall. He looked handsome. Saul had Saul had charisma. I mean sort of, I don't know all the details. He, he made some very bad choices charisma-wise, but he, he had what was the favor of the people. And when he had, he had sinned against God, he had, he had done something that, that had stepped out of the covenant of how he wanted to be praised and worshiped. God set his sight on, on transferring the anointing from Saul to David. And, and throughout, throughout David's journey, I genuinely, I genuinely believe that, that without this mindset, without this heart, when we talk about the heart of David, I absolutely believe the heart of David is being a worshiper. But I think this is what being a worshiper is. I have set the Lord continually before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Go on. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will dwell securely. For you will not abandon my soul to shale, nor will you allow your Holy One to undergo decay. There's one more, right? You will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand, there are pleasures forever. I want, I want this, this message, this opportunity to, to speak to you. I want to ask you, are we living worthy of the calling? Are we, living, are we living in our calling? Are we living in the place where God appointed for us, anointed for us? And 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 so much of that, you go straight. Your mind goes straight to what you didn't do right, what you haven't done right. Well, you know, this week I did kick my dog. This week I did say that thing to my wife. This thing I did. Well, for so far, I'm actually saying stuff I did do. So, um, but my point is, is like you you can actually you can look at your your stuff in your life that isn't right, and and that is how you judge whether you're walking. In your anointing. That's how you judge whether or not you're succeeding as a Christian. Um, there is, uh, there's something beautiful about uh, the story of David, also, when we think about the story of David and Goliath. We see David uh, get a Go to the place where there is warfare. He, go, he, he sees that he hears Goliath cursing God and cursing God's people. And something stirs up inside of him to the point that he cannot abide anymore. He cannot abide the slander, the cursing, the, the, the malcontent. Um, it culminates in David going to the, the place of Saul's tent, and he is saying, like, let me at him, coach. Let me, put me in the game. Like, let's do this. And he's like, there's no way. You know, the, the, the whole discourse happens. But in uh, chapter 17, David says, The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. This is the first reflection point for me on David's life, where you see absolute trust. This is the first reflection point. But the thing is, is that this is mighty faith. Absolutely. This is mighty faith in God because there was, a, there was a through line of his life of God doing something f- through him and for him and to him. However you want to say it, there was a through line of God's faithfulness. But it was Yahweh, the Lord, he says, that will deliver th- him and he will deliver Goliath into his hand. The thing that's beautiful about this, this story to me is that you look at that, that conflict that was happening between people, and it really, David turns it into between him and the Lord. He takes all of the, the extra stuff out of the way, and he's like, the Lord will do this. And what's amazing is that his confidence in the Lord excites Saul there's there's something beautiful when you see a heart that has been convinced of the Lord. And, I mean, have you ever been around someone who just trusts God, <laughs> who just has faith? And there's like this moment where the first you're like, mm, come on, nobody's like that. Maybe I'm the only person that's been that way. But you get around them and they're saying that and there's kind of like this, Okay, all right, bud. But that is called your flesh. Let me just say that very clearly. That is called your flesh because your flesh wants you to be bound to your experience. Your flesh is bound to what you know and what you have tasted and seen. But your spirit, when it comes alive in the presence of God, you understand, can you throw that last verse back up? You understand that in his presence, there is fullness of joy and there are pleasures forevermore. Then all of a sudden, some of the chaos and the noise, it becomes just that noise. The faith that arose inside of David, it absolutely created a place of faith inside of Saul. Saul isn't someone we describe as faithful, but the faith inside of David, someone who had continually been in his presence, it changed the the atmosphere. Um, I'm going to go to Psalm 139. This This is... when i when i say that god looks at the heart this is this is david this is david and again i'm i'm sticking to psalms because one it's it's a reflection of a life but two because this is this is way more intimate than than a story or like quickly reading through scripture this is this is a very deep like snapshot of a, of a life so we we need to we need to take the no offense we need to take the like thee thou thine you know holy da 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 out of it and we need to see a man who is who is encountering the presence of God we need to see a man who is focused um I don't know what version you have maybe I'll just open mine real quick. Oh, by the way, whenever you were praying, I don't know where it went. You were praying so hard, you slapped the table, and one of the bolts fell out of the bottom of the table. So add that to your your faith resume. Um, um, Psalm 139, verse 1. Oh, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit up, or when I sit down and when I rise up. You understand my thoughts from afar. You scrutinize my path and my lying down and are intimately acquainted with all my ways. Even before there is a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all. You have enclosed me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is too high. I cannot attain to it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the dawn, and if I dwell in the remotest parts of the sea, even there your hand will lead me. If I say, surely the darkness will overwhelm me and the light around me will be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. And the night is as bright as the day. Darkness and light are alike to you. I originally planned on just reading the first 12 verses. I only sent the first 12. And um, it's amazing because this next part, is part of the promise that we're we're declaring over Cohen. Verse 13 says, For you formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth, your eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in your book, were all written the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them, before there was one of them. Selah on that one, selah. (laughs) There is, there is, um, I think the, the anointing, the, the journey of faith that I believe every single person here is called to. It starts way smaller and way more intimate than we like to think. We like to think as a group. It's convenient. We like to think as a, our family unit. You know, we're doing well right now, even if one member of the family's kind of struggling with depression. We're doing, we're doing generally well, like, and we like to think of, of the church. Yeah, we're doing well. Look, I mean, the church is kind of full. Even, you know, this thing is going on. We, we, just, we, just, we just like to think of the unit in total. We like to think of the party we're a part of or the, or the nations that we're a part of. And, and it's, it's more, the, the reductionist thinking, it's, it's easier, but the truth is, is that in the stillness and in the quiet place, what sets a, a heart of David apart is the face-to-face. It's the, David didn't say that you did that as some form of poetry or prose. He genuinely, I, I, I believe this, he genuinely had an encounter with God. That caused him to have faith in a word that rose up into praise that, that, that went out into his atmosphere as faith. In your life, I, I mean in, in my life, in our lives, the, the call is, is I want his presence. I want God's presence. I want more of him. But. But. I mean, there's there like I am I'm so sorry that there's things going on in your home. I'm so sorry that there's distractions. I'm so sorry that your heart is hurting. I'm so sorry that that people have done you wrong or situations aren't the way you want them to. As long as there is a but in the regards to our desire for his presence and our desire to see him as a father, and our desire to just be close to him. We will constantly build hurdles between us and a father who intimately knows you and designed you. The, 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 the process of self-discovery that the world is offering you through psychiatrists and through, through just, you know, modern mindsets and all these things, the process that that, that, that is offering you, it is not the ultimate discovery, It is not. I don't think there's anything wrong with knowing why you cut people off whenever you're arguing with them because it's how your mom did something to you. I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that. But can I tell you something? What's greater is that inside of the womb, when you were hidden, God saw it. In the womb of your hurt in the place where you've kind of insulated yourself or found yourself almost in a place where something is growing and you're not sure it's a good thing. Can I tell you that God sees into that very deep place? God God sees into the, the heart of a matter. He sees the heart. I'm gonna do the other verse I gave you that's what is it? Psalms 34. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Psalms 34 I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul will make its boast in the Lord. The humble will hear it and rejoice. O oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all of my fears. They looked to him and were radiant and their faces will never be ashamed. The poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him And rescues them. O taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. O fear the Lord, you his saints, for to those who fear him there is no want. I'm I am constantly convinced of this more and more and more in my life. I don't know how good God is. I don't. I know he's good. I know in his presence is fullness of joy. I know that because scripture promises, but when God created man all the way back in the garden, was man's merit by how well he kept the garden? Was man's merit by by how faithful he was to his wife. Was man's merit by how strong his physique was? No, his merit was found in his adherence to the word of God and in through that adherence having the ability to know God. I want to know him. And the beautiful thing is he wants to know me. He does know me. But my point is, is he wants me to know how much he knows me. He wants, like, there's this interesting thing. When we look at David's life, there is, there is, a, there is a genuine story of starting from rags to riches. You know, that journey of, of the, the hero, the, 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 the layman who turned into, you know, an instrument of God's divine nature. But inside of that was a lot of ups and downs, a whole lot of them there were times of doubt there were times of fear there were times of insecurity there there were there were there were just times where he just had to wait a long time a word and then the promise being being fulfilled it wasn't like that for him in in his experience i think i think that we have so many times in our life seen a uh, a Davidic-type anointing as what happens right up here for 45 minutes to an hour and a half on a Sunday. The Davidic anointing, it is at your work. The Davidic anointing, it is before you eat dinner. It is right when your alarm goes off. It is, it is so... Much more, because it's, it is just like that, uh, what is it? Psalm 16, verse 8 says, I have set the Lord continually before me. And because of that, I will not be shaken. I believe our first calling is to know God. Our first anointing is to walk with God, to know him. Um, Sean Smith, a, a gentleman who is a great teacher in my opinion, he, I have a quote from him. It says, the problem isn't whether or not the Bible is true. It's whether the Bible is true in you. The problem isn't whether or not his words stand the test of time. The problem is whether or not you grasp onto it, and in you there is something that sees his divine nature, that sees that fullness of joy, the pleasures that he has. I am so past the point of saying that that Christianity is simple or some reductive thing that we can boil it down to where you do A, B, C. No, it is... It is nothing short of putting Jesus in the center of everything. Nothing short of it. It's not just in the center of if you watch a certain type of show or if you don't say those words. It is the center. It is the lordship. It is the place of I desire him. And can I tell you, there's a verse (laughs) in Sunday school. We said, we said, uh, I, I brought this up because of some conversation. There is no verse that we can say that we grasp so well and we got it, we've got it handled if it doesn't move your heart still. You can't. So, you know, we, we want his presence. Well, for God so loved the world, <laughs> right, that he gave his only begotten son. That, that is a moving, powerful thing. I want to encourage you in this, the, the heart of David is absolutely and undoubtedly seeking his presence, but the mark of, of David's life and of his story is praise. Can I tell you, in, like my final point is this. The gap between your experiences with God and his promises, that is where the enemy wants to just, to, to what's the word, discourage you. The gap between your experience and his promises is where the enemy wants to build a wedge. And, and the thing about that I love about so many Psalms of David is that he has, from his youth, a word from God that he's going to rule from his youth. He's out in the field, and he's like, hey, come inside. And he's like, oh, what's going on in here? I'm like, well, you're anointed to be king. Okay, that's interesting. Like, uh, that's, I mean, I'm, maybe, you know, it's, it's, it's very powerful. But my point is, is that, like, there is, maybe your word is you're anointed to be, uh, a, I don't know, a evangelist. You're anointed to share the gospel. You're anointed to be a missionary. You're anointed to, to do something that you've never done in faith. And this ties in with, with the, where we started this morning, intercession. You're anointed to be an, uh, to be an intercession? What is it? You're anointed to be an intercessor. You're anointed to be an intercessor. Uh, and uh, there, is, there is something where there is a gap between your experience and the fullness of that word. David always worked that out in the place of the presence of God. He always worked it out there. That's why there are psalms about it, because he was doing it in the presence of God. My enemies are encamped about me. There's, there's all these things that are formed against me, all these weapons. And then he goes, but I know where my trust is, who my trust is in. I know who I'm worshiping. And it would go back to the presence of his place of warfare. And, and yes, I desire his presence. But can I tell you that if you are in his presence and you don't know what to do, praise. Praise. Praise your way. It may be time for just a legitimate praise break in your, in your story. Because you need to introduce your God to your situation. You need to remind your heart who you serve. You need to actually stop right where you're at and say, okay, wait, just like, just like David said to Saul, the same God who delivered me from the hand of the lion and the bear, the same God, the testimony of Jesus that you're prophesying over your situation What does God think of when He sees your heart? Yes, I know that there may be wickedness in your life, but that's not what God's convinced of. I genuinely believe that, that if you are washed in the blood of Jesus, you are a new creation. And God doesn't see the marks of your sin, He sees the blood. He sees Jesus Christ over your life. So I'm not not here to preach that you're all that in a bag of chips. I'm here to say that Jesus in you is the hope of glory, and you can rest in that. You can rest in that, and you can abide in his presence through that. So, do it. Lord God, we bless you, we praise you, we thank you that your presence is here. That your promise is that when we come before you, we believe that you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. So I pray that, that even if it's hard, even if it looks muddled, even if it's not, not perfect, that, that what you see on our hearts, when you look at us, is people who have a heart like David. David that we want to set your face constantly before us. In Jesus' name.